Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. And on this week's show, we are going to be talking about Jewish funeral customs and traditions, and our guest is Rabbi Beth Davidson. Rabbi Beth is the head rabbi, and the only rabbi, at Temple of Death Yeshram here in Manchester. Interesting topic this week. Definitely. A lot of misconceptions about Jewish funerals and you know, yeah. what can be done, what's, what's um, you know, Jewish law versus customs versus traditions, what can and can't be done. So I know we have, in our, in our business, we have a lot of people that are just not really quite sure what, you know, sort of the rabbinical laws are and regulations and... And I know nothing about, you know, Jewish customs outside of one bat mitzvah I went to in 1992, you know, or Stephanie Hathorn. Um, yeah, I, I know nothing about this. So this will be pretty interesting. Right. Rabbi Beth, welcome to Dying to Talk. Thank you. Thanks for coming this morning. My pleasure. Um, got a lot of questions for you. Hopefully okay. we can even get through a couple of them. That would be great. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, one of the questions, and, and we get this as, as funeral directors all the time, because even though we're, we do Jewish funerals and a lot of other, we've had, uh, we've had priests on, we've had um, a whole bunch of different um, clergy from different aspects of religion. Um, but talk to us about sort of the, the customs and traditions of funerals, difference between uh, maybe Orthodox and conservative and reform, because I've got to be honest, even I don't necessarily know the answer to that so the the answer to that begins before the question okay <laughs> if you look at the jewish world the denominations in the jewish world the way you look at the christian world i would say that you've got um, roman catholic episcopal and ucc mm -hmm. on the spectrum right all christian different rituals sometimes slightly different theologies but all on the Christian spectrum. If you look at the Jewish world, um, you've got Orthodox, Conservative, and Reform. So the Orthodox Jews are commensurate with the Roman Catholic as far as ritual, um, Episcopalian and Conservative, and UCC and Reform. So again, all Jewish, just slightly different traditions when it comes to ritual. So like a, an intensity of, of tradition and ritual, perhaps? Like your rituals as as orthodox are going to be more clear cut, more intense. More. You're going to be you're going to be observant of more rituals, gotcha. perhaps. Um, I would say that uh, someone who is a religious Reformed Jew is just as religious mm -hmm. as a Orthodox Jew, but the level of ritual Understood. may be different, right? Um, just like somebody who goes to um, Brookside mm -hmm. and somebody goes to St. Pius. Both good Christians, mm -hmm. um, but just a different understanding, perhaps, of ritual in some tradition. Mm -hmm. So the basic outline for a Jewish funeral does not differ. Does not, okay. Whether it's Orthodox, Conservative, or Reform. Jewish tradition says that you bury as soon as possible, 24 to 36 hours, um, is the norm. Mm -hmm. um, we um, bury as 
simply as possible. The tradition says a plain pine box, um, one that does not have um, any metal in it. Um, no adornment. No adornment. Right. Although, you know, some people don't want just the simple pine box. They, the, there's a pine box with a little wooden Jewish star right. on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people feel better doing that. But again, it's about simplicity. Um, Jewish funerals tend to be um, very um, understated. We don't, for example, have flowers. Um, the tradition says the money that you would have spent on flowers, you do better homage to the person you've loved and lost by making a donation to an organization that helps people mm-hmm. um, than spending the money on flowers. Um, flowers are transitory, but helping someone lasts a lifetime, right? right. Um we tend to bury either in a very simple shroud, which is the very traditional orthodox approach, or folks in my congregation will pick out an outfit often. So again, there's there's sort of one of the differences between the two. Oh, that's in, where I was going to go. So if you're orthodox, you're you're getting you're getting buried in a shroud. Where most you're, times, yeah, you're following most it times, to the letter. You're, most times, yeah. right? Um, and again. Within the Orthodox world, there's all different levels of Orthodox, right? right? Um, there's um, Hasidic, and there's modern Orthodox, and there's so there are different levels. There are different communities within the Orthodox community, but for the most part, you're probably going to be buried in a shroud. Whereas most of my congregants use clothing, um, um, so that's that's one indication or one difference mm-hmm. um, between Orthodox. Um, and reform. Let's talk about cremation, because that comes up a lot. Again, as you as you know, I'm preaching to the choir. Um, you know, Manchester does not have a huge Jewish population, but we've we've had a number of people that you know that whether they're raised Jewish or whether they're pra- and they're oh we're still going to do cremation. So the traditional answer is no. Correct. Um, So, again, in an Orthodox community, it's not a question, it's not a conversation, because halakha, Jewish law, Mm -hmm. is very clear. We don't cremate. Mm -hmm. It's not entirely clear what the rationale for that is. It may, in fact, have to do with the fact that 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, when all of these traditions were first starting, um, Judea was part of the Roman Empire. And they um, cremated. And they cremated. So to make it clear who was Jewish and who was Roman, it may may well be that that's where part of the cremation, um, ban on cremation um, sort of starts. And and for the last 2,000 years, that's been a pretty strongly held view. In reform circles um, and in... um, Folks who are not particularly religious, uh, still Jewish by birth, um, some people have opted to adopt um, cremation. And it depends on what kind of cemetery it is. If it's an Orthodox cemetery, you can't inter cremains. Um, As a Reform rabbi, my job is to teach people, to tell people, here's what Jewish tradition has to say. But I can't say to someone, you may not use cremation. Um, I don't have that kind of authority in a reform setting the way an Orthodox rabbi has in his congregation to say no. Um, So I will personally, cremation does not speak to me. I will talk to the person about the traditional response, that it's not the traditional thing to do. I will talk to the person uh, about, I think it's important for people to have a place to go, that interring is important for closure. Um, so I think sprinkling somebody on the ocean may be nice, 
but I think it doesn't give you a place to, to visit once a year. Um, and I also have to say that in the wake of the Holocaust, when so many Jews were cremated against their will, it gives me a, um, a moment of pause mm-hmm. that somebody would opt um, to be cremated. But again, when they leave my office, they're going to decide whatever it is they're going to decide. And as their rabbi, I will officiate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, here again, people make all kinds of choices. Sometimes they'll choose to have the funeral before the cremation. So that way there is a casket and people can come and, and there's a more traditional funeral. There just isn't an interment necessarily, depending on what mm-hmm. happens. So, again, people make choices. I can educate them. I can make suggestion. But the hallmark of Reform Judaism is individual autonomy after education. So understand what it is you're choosing to do, and then as an individual, you make your choice. I, I don't refuse. Okay. I do have a question about, you talk about traditional Jewish funerals. As Christians, they have services at the church. They have them at the cemetery. They even have them at the funeral home. What is traditional for Jews? Do they go to the synagogue, have services at all? You said it's very understated. How, how does that So it work? depends, again, on the individual and the family's connection to the community. Um, here in Manchester, I've done funerals that begin at the synagogue, mm-hmm. and then there's a funeral at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a service at the cemetery as well. I've done funerals just at graveside. Uh, we have a small chapel. We've, I've done funerals that begin in the chapel and then move to the graveside. And I've done funerals in funeral homes. So there isn't necessarily a norm. If somebody's been a very active and high-profile member of a congregation, it's more likely that they're going to want to start the funeral in the congregate in the sem- in, in the yeah. temple, mm-hmm. right? Um, but again, there's no right and there's no wrong. Are these services all closed casket, or is there any yes. type of wake? We to- never have open casket anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, again, one of the oldest, um, the Mishnah, which is one of the earliest levels of Jewish interpretation and that defined Jewish tradition, um, have an interesting conversation. Um, first of all, you don't want to ever put someone in a position of not being able to defend themselves. So the fact that if it's an open casket, somebody might walk by and say, oh, they've never looked better. The truth is they've always looked better. Right. So mm. why put somebody? Well, my my embalmer would might. So let me let me let me sidetrack for a second to that. We don't believe in embalming. Right. Nothing right. that's going to slow the process of the dust returning. So is that a, is that a non-negotiable in terms non-negotiable. of non-negotiable? In fact, the only time you will find someone in a Jewish setting who's been embalmed is if um, the legal requirement to to ship a body from overseas. And it's yeah that is it. even in the United States now people don't believe but we can we can we ship by airline and you know with the I won't get into the details but embalming is is not required even if someone passed away in Florida and is coming up here for an internment. I had a situation a number of years ago where somebody passed away in Japan, hmm. and and there was a requirement right. that before the person could leave Japan, um, so that's the only time in thirty five years. Right. Um, where I've run into a situation. So since we don't believe in embalming um, and we don't generally makeup and and hair to make somebody look good, um, the thought of having an open casket and having somebody say something inappropriate is disrespectful to the 
deceased, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're also putting the person who may not think before they open their mouth in a bad place because now they've said something and there's no way they can apologize Mm -hmm. for what for what they've said. So that's part of why we insist on on closed casket. It's also viewed just as disrespectful because the spirit has returned to God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The soul has returned to God. um, And you don't want anything um, untoward to happen um, with an with an open casket, and so caskets are are always closed at a funeral. So we don't do a wake. Um, there's nothing before the person is buried. Um, we sit shiva, literally means seven. People observe mourning traditions for seven days after the funeral, um, but that way the interment has already taken place. And it's more about comforting the family in mourning and remembering the person as a member of the community, um, which I think is part of what a wake is supposed it to is. do. In my just, understanding it's just of the done wake, in reverse, yeah, so. Right. right. So it's done beforehand as right. opposed to, to afterwards. I will tell you again: um, in 35 years, I have had a handful of situations. My first. Um, student pulpit when I was still a, a student rabbi um, was with a congregation in New York of deaf Jews. And the way that community dealt with the fact that they were deaf and not hearing was their tradition was an open casket um, because I guess they were using the visual sense mm. to support the fact that there was no hearing. Um, and th- the first time I walked in to do a funeral there, it was a very strange moment for me because that had never been either what I had studied as I was becoming a rabbi or my own personal experience. Um, but that's the only time I've ever seen an open casket in, in Jewish tradition. How do you deal or how do you personally deal, and it may be different from the different sects we talked about, um, for maybe a, a mixed marriage or, or mixed religious service? I know, for example, you know, my wife, she was some Catholic. We had a rabbi and a priest at our wedding. Um, have you been asked to, oh, the person's Christian, you have a priest and you have a, or a minister and a re- how does that all sort of, cause obviously there's a lot of mixed marriages and incorporate different let, religious Let me go back aspects. to the other question and then I'll answer okay. that one. So again, I don't know for sure, but I suspect that an Orthodox rabbi would not feel comfortable making that kind of adjustment and having an, an open casket. I've never discussed it um, with an Orthodox rabbi, but again, that's one of the differences between um, reform, perhaps one of the differences between reform and, and, and Orthodox. So the issue of interfaith mm-hmm. and mixed families, I've never had, um, I've never been asked to co-officiate at a funeral. And in part, that's because people have to make choices about where they're going to be buried. Um, Jews are generally not buried in consecrated Christian ground. So if it's a Roman Catholic cemetery or um, a high church Protestant cemetery where some form of consecration of the ground itself in the cemetery has taken place, traditionally Jews are not buried there. I have done funerals in, you know, town cemeteries that are non-denominational. But again, I've never been asked to co-officiate at a funeral, and I I would be a little uncomfortable um, about that. Liturgy for a Jewish funeral is is very simple. There are a couple of psalms, there are a couple of traditional prayers, but of course Jesus isn't part of the equation. Um, and every Christian cemetery, every Christian funeral I've ever been to, um, there's a promise of heaven and Jesus, and that simply would be not part of Jewish right. tradition. So I can't really conceive of a situation where there would be um, a mixed clergy team. Um, 
Having said that, the reality, at least in Manchester and in much of the Jewish community, is we have a number of families that are interfaith. And if somebody who is not Jewish opts to be married, buried next to their Jewish spouse, Temple Adath Yashurin will certainly allow someone to be buried as long as it's a non-denominational funeral. So again, I don't know too many priests, no matter how liberal they are, who would come into Temple of Dathi Sharon Cemetery and do a non-denominational funeral. I don't, I don't know how their liturgy would respond to that. Um, so in, it's never, it's okay, never come up. It hasn't come up yet. Could, could the non-Jewish <clears throat> spouse have a Jewish service? I have done a number of services for a non-Jewish spouse. Mm-hmm. Would I call it Jewish? I would call it non-denominational. Yeah. We share the 23rd Psalm. Mm-hmm. We share Psalm 121. Mm-hmm. Um, my basic philosophy is as long as what I'm doing doesn't contravene halakha, Jewish law, I will do whatever I can do to make a family feel comfortable at a really horrible moment in their lives. Bottom line, that that's, that's so, really important. Yeah. That's, well, that's what's important to me. So, for example, there's a tradition of Kriya, which is the small black ribbon that the person who's a mourner puts on, and the ribbon is cut. In the olden days, you actually used to cut your clothing. Right. Now we use yeah. the ribbon instead. Um, so traditionally, there are groups of people who are required to wear a Kriya ribbon, but it's not grandchildren or second cousins. My feeling is if I've got grandchildren or cousins in the room and they want to wear a Kriya ribbon as a sign of respect and their loss, I'm going to say go ahead. Right? It, it, interesting, because my, my, <coughs> my father-in-law died about six months ago when the services were in New Jersey. Of course, my wife's Jewish. And we were all given the ribbons, and I had put one on, and, and the rabbi had asked, you know, how am I related? I said, oh, I'm a son-in-law. And, and he took the ribbon away from me and said, no, it's just for immediate family, so, which is fine. So I don't know whether it was a reform or conservative or orthodox congregation. Uh, it was not orthodox. It was conservative. Again, conservative is a little more... Um, so you would have let me keep the ribbon. I would have let you keep Thank the you. ribbon. Thank okay. <laughs> you. Because again, it doesn't, it, the halakha doesn't say you absolutely may not. Right. What it says is you're not required to. So I think that there's gray space there. Mm. And again, I think out of respect to the person who's deceased, out of respect to the fact that this was someone you had a relationship with... It seems to me funerals are supposed to help the living come to grips with and deal with their loss. And by saying, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you can't, is not a compassionate way of helping you or your wife or your kids in that situation. Um, So again, that's a difference between reform um, and orthodox. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, so at a funeral, um, for someone who isn't Jewish, I'm going to say to people, you know, do you want to put a Kriya ribbon on or not? I'm going to I'm going to use certain prayers. I might not do them in Hebrew because, again, depends who's in the congregation. But so I'm going to use the English translation of the prayers that I would use for the Jewish half um, of the couple. Um, Does the same rule apply to um, the yarmulke as to the? That is probably, we have some, when we have Jewish funerals, we have obviously the yarmulke, and people that are not Jewish, do I have to wear that? What do I do with it? They just, you know, so many misconceptions about, I must wear it if I'm going at it. Well, no, you can do whatever you feel comfortable. So here's a difference between reform and orthodox. The truth is, I don't know too many. Have you done orthodox funerals? No. I mean, Manchester does not have a very... We don't have a very large orthodox orthodox community. community. Um, 
we don't require in the reform movement we don't require men or women to cover their heads so when somebody comes into the synagogue there is a basket of yarmulkes or kippot that's the hebrew word there's a basket of them put out and people are free to put one on or not so whether they're there for a funeral or whether they're there for services again individual autonomy they're going to choose to cover their head or not to cover their head the same goes for a funeral Right? Some people are going to choose to cover their heads. Some are going to choose not to cover their heads. And then gender plays a, gender plays a role here also. Mm-hmm. In a very traditional and orthodox synagogue, women wouldn't wear a yarmulke. They wouldn't wear a kippah. Um, they might wear those doilies that I've seen in churches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know who started the doily craze, but it's one of those <laughs> I things. I call it a craze. But. <laughs> option. option yeah. right? um, so that's a, that's a that's a difference. Um, I happen to wear, depending upon where I am and what I'm doing, I I wear a kippah, and it's not an issue for me. You wouldn't find an Orthodox woman, you wouldn't find an Orthodox woman rabbi, but you wouldn't find an Orthodox woman wearing um, a kippah. So so again, there's no Orthodox women rabbis. There are no Orthodox women rabbis. What so about conservative? There are conservative mm-hmm. women rabbis. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there is, um, it just so happens that our, one of our funeral homes up, up in Littleton, Bethlehem, New Hampshire, is a very small, smaller Orthodox community. So we may have one Orthodox. Especially during the summer. Especially during the summer. Right. There's, yeah. a, there's a summer vacation spot. Yes. If, if you are as Orthodox as the, those folks in Bethlehem, you really need... Um, a community around you. So they will go away for the summer and the, the whole community, you know, right. goes. Um, so that's... And I think in, in both cases, um, on recent memory of the last couple of funerals we've had there, um, we've actually um, transferred the person to New York, to the Jewish funeral home, wherever they, you know, wherever the community right. was back in New York. So, right. yeah. yeah. It, it, ritually speaking, there's nothing you could do right. that would be orthodox enough. I'm too goyim looking to be. <laughs> you know, it's again, it's about halakha. It's about yes. preparation. If you're that orthodox, you're going to require what's called a chevra kadisha, a burial society, mm-hmm. to prepare the body for burial. You're going to require what's called a shomer, a guard, someone who sits with the body um, overnight um, and um, sometimes in the day as well until the funeral actually takes place. Um, my congregants trust that you all are professionals mm-hmm. um, and that you're going to do your job. And so we don't require a Hever Kadisha, but the community that's in Bethlehem, that, there's nothing that you could do right. that would be orthodox. Actually, enough. very similar to obviously completely different religions, but um, we serve a large Hindu population in Islamic population. And then the Hindu woman, the, the burial society, comes in, prepares the person, in this case for cremation. Um, in Islamic, they come in to do the, the imam, there's a shrouding. So we're really just bystanders in this at all and right. really just providing you know the support and the facilities to So there is one Hever Kadisha that covers the entire Jew, the entire state of New Hampshire. <laughs> um, and again there's a male Hever Kadisha for men and there's mm-hmm. a women's Hever Kadisha for women. Um, the orthodox community in the state of New Hampshire again not very large tends to make more use of them. Some in the conservative congregation do. I've had some people requested in my congregation but it's certainly not the majority right. um, of the of the burials that I've been. So one of the trends in the funeral industry now is is green burials. You know, we want to be conservative and and not use scarce burial space and not have a vault and no one bombing and a simple casket and you know everyone thinks this is a, such a new thing. But the reality is, I mean, we've been doing it for two thousand years. years. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, we've that happens often. Oh, you've probably never heard of what my mom wants to do. She doesn't want a casket that's, you know, adorned and she no embalming and this and a simple. And I said, oh, yeah, that's very similar to a Jewish service. Um, and it can be to this. There are actually some very Orthodox Jews, particularly some who live in Israel, who don't use a casket. Mm-hmm. The, bur- the burial is shrouded directly into the ground. And I believe that's the same with some of the Muslim world. It's almost um, we, we have a um, there's a Muslim cemetery that that or Islamic cemetery that, that we frequently frequent in, um, in West Roxbury, Massachusetts, and same thing. We right. bring the deceased to the, um, um, to the mosque, prayers, and then the body is shrouded and placed right into the ground, no ball, no casket. My understanding is, and, and I can't speak for Islam, I can only speak from, for the Jewish tradition, you don't want anything that is going to slow the return right. of the body to the earth. And I'll be very impressed if you know the answer to this. Uh-oh. So the <laughs> traditional Orthodox Jewish casket have seven holes in the bottom drilled into you. So why seven? I suspect that there's a number of reasons. Seven is one of those um, numbers that the Torah and Jewish tradition just likes. Um, There are seven days in the week. Um, There are... um, so that, that number right. has... I was told, I don't know if it's true or not, it's due to the original seven tribes of Israel. Is that... There were ten. Then that's not true. So that one doesn't. Okay. That one. Well, maybe there used to be ten holes, and. and <laughs> so Judaism has, in the last twenty five hundred years, um, made some pragmatic decisions that we then give theology to, mm-hmm. um, and I, I will, truthfully, I don't know why seven. I guess I don't know either. So. <laughs> but I can tell you, it is one of those numbers that. Right. Jewish tradition just just likes. You could certainly ask my ref, my Orthodox colleague, Rabbi Krinsky, um, here in town. I'm sure he knows why, but I, it's not anything I've ever experienced. Um, yes to a hole in the bottom of the casket. Yes to a hole um, in those states that require vaults. Mm-hmm. Um, yes to a hole in the bottom of the vault. Or in, um, in many cases, we actually just flip the vault upside down, so it's accommodating right from again, the... Again, it, yeah, it depends to on... To meet the cemetery right. requirements, yeah. Right, or the state requirements, the state. right. Um, Judaism is very clear on the fact that if the state has a requirement, that you must fulfill the state requirement. Um, and you have you have to be respectful of that. So if it requires a vault... It does. Yeah. That's we can do. Thank you for joining us on another informative episode of Dying to Talk. I definitely learned a lot... If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations, either in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at finef.net. That's buddy at P-H-A-N-E-U-F.net. Or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. Our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too. 